as you have the nature of joy you hold to be rejoicing but you see it's not enough to have the nature you must put your nature to work now because god already promised that he's going to give it us in his world till the end of days we have no cause to be sad we have every cause to rejoice. the number one thing you must treasure is god's voice god must be able to speak to you at all times a believer must be in alignment with god a believer must be able to decode god's voice. now if god doesn't just give the word sometimes he gives instructions those instructions are like strategy don't just receive the promise in your heart also receive the process glory to god now uh this is part five and i like to is it's supposed to be close to like up to like 10 volumes of messages or 10 parts that i should be teaching but i try to cut it short i hope uh, when i want to do a kind of purpose school um i'll be able to uh, really go deeper and then um attend to many questions about it all right uh please if you have questions you can always send them you know um uh to your group to your church group uh send them to your church group um on probably whatsapp or telegram and um, you can always send them to talkbyobsider@gmail.com all right i will create a time when i will be able to attend to your question where god's purpose is concerned so now let's look at how to fulfill our god assignment or god's plan for your life how to execute it all right fulfilling god's assignment are for your life. Let me first tell you this, the purpose of God for your life, uh, the vision, the calling, the mandate, and the assignment of God for your life must be a priority because that's what chose you. That's what brought you to this world. You came here because of it. It must be a priority. You must not put marital, marriage, those things are good. Academic, study, business, career, money, friendship, men, materials, machine, above the purpose. They are all meant to actually, you know, uh, be a provision uh, to aid the fulfillment of your purpose. The purpose of wealth or marriage or any other thing is to actually help in fulfilling God's given mandate and purpose for your, for your life. Psalm 20 verse 4. Psalm 20 verse 4. I have a lot of things to say, so I have to run very fast. He said, may he grant you according to your heart desire and fulfill all your purpose so that means god giving purpose ought to be fulfilled um if you have provisions you have a house you have houses you have career a thriving career you have a booming business all must be for the fulfillment of what god has called you uh, to exactly fulfill god's purpose cannot be reversed nor is cancelled in that his purpose cannot be reversed nor is cancelled in that Isaiah 14, I want to read from verse 26. Isaiah 14, I want to read verse 26. This is the purpose that is proposed against the whole earth, and this is the end that is stretched out over all the nations. Yes, verse 27 says, For the Lord of hosts has proposed, and who will annul it? His hand is stretched out, and who will turn it back? So that means when God has decided or proposed that this is what you become, you be, regardless of what you go through, or what you are going through, or it's been annulled by, um, you know, anybody. So there are three basic dimensions or dimensions or levels of God's purpose. There are three basic dimensions or three levels of God's purpose. The first level when you come into Christ is that it brings you into fellowship. It brings you into uh, worship. It wants to have intimate relationship with you. 
And so it brings you into worship and fellowship with him. Number two is that it brings you into kingdom service and still worship. So in your local assembly, in your church, where he has planted you, your spiritual family, he gives you assignments, one or two assignments to carry out on his behalf. You may be in choir, you may be in a children department, you may be in a, you know, protocol, you may be in a, you know, um, whatever um, department, you may be in ushering, you may be in um, crowd control, you may be in all kinds. And right from there, God will begin to now communicate, you know, the intimacy will always be refreshing you. It means that God is revealed to you. You know him one-on-one, and then he talks to you, you talk to him, and then he takes you into kingdom service and still worship. And the last one is the specific assignments uh, of God for your life, which is by instruction. It could come to you by revelation, by vision, and all that. So we have talked about that. The most important thing in life is not what you have, is not who you are, is not who you are married to, is not what you have acquired, certificates, you know, money and all that. It's not because, it's not the influence you have, but you fulf- that you fulfill your destiny. It's that you fulfill your destiny. Sometimes it's not how long you live. If it is short and you fulfill your destiny, it's worthwhile. Jesus Christ lived for 33 and a half years or thereabout, and then it was worthwhile. Are you getting what I'm saying? John the Baptist, the same thing. And Bible referred to John the Baptist, Jesus Christ speaking, he said he's the greatest of all the prophets who came to pave the way for, the, for God on the head as a forerunner. And, you know, I mean, you know, they didn't live that long. I'm not saying you will not live long. God has granted us grace for longevity. You live long. But you see, there are people who live up to 90, 100, and then the reason why they live up to that is because they haven't fulfilled their purpose until their body expires, you see, and then they have to die. So please, it's very important that you take your purpose um, seriously. Whether you're a student, you're a worker, you're married, you're single, whatever level you are, you are 70, you are 20, you are 80, you are 30, you are 13, you are listening to me right now, it's not too late to fulfill your purpose and destiny in, the, in Christ. Fulfilling your God's giving purpose and destiny now. So in Colossians chapter 4 verse 17, Colossians chapter 4 verse 17, it says, Say to Archippus, and say to Archippus, take it to the ministry which you have received in the Lord, that you may fulfill it. So it's actually very important. Receiving ministry is not what is important. Fulfilling the ministry that we have received, you know, of the Lord, is what is actually important. And being called is not what is important. Uh, actually executing and carrying out what God has called us to do is what is of utmost importance. In First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 to 27, if you read it from like 1918, it talks about how I became all things to all men. And in verse 24, it started talking about that, you know, we are all in a race. And there is just, it said, just like athletes, it said they run for a prize. And then they run in such a way to obtain it. And he said that they run for um, perishable crown, and they will run for um, imperishable crown, crown. And he said that everyone who competes must compete lawfully. So, you know, and then it, it must be, you must be temperate in all things. That's what he says. 
And then he continued to talk about it that, look, I discipline my body because any athletes that want to really win the prize, we have to discipline their body. They wake up early morning exercise or something and then they watch what they eat, what they drink and all that. And then the way they live their life in preparation for the competition. And then you see, we are not in competition with anyone. We are just in competition with ourselves as where we are now, where we are supposed to be. Are you getting what I'm saying? We don't compare ourselves with ourselves. Um, but then we are running the race. Bible says, you know, lay aside every weight and uh, sin that easily besets you. Now that you have the crowd of witness, you know, that compass all about. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1. And then he said, lay aside every sin and weight that easily besets you, looking unto Jesus. You know, running the race. He said, let us run the race that is set ahead of us with endurance. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So that race is a journey of purpose. That race is the journey of purpose. So Paul says, I discipline my body. You know, I put it on that. Let's have, you know, minister to others. You know, I will not be a castaway. In fulfilling God's purpose for your life, number one thing you must take note, I want to give you 10, I hope I'm able to give you, is awareness. And I'm going to be taking those points one by one, quickly. Awareness. That awareness includes acceptance of your purpose, agreement with God on your purpose, of your assignment, of the vision and identity for your life. Now, I read about John in John chapter 1, 19 to 23. He has come to time with it. That is the voice of one, you know, crying in the wilderness. In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, Paul has come to time with that purpose. He said, we know that all things work together for those who love God and for those who are called according to his purpose. Romans chapter 6, verse 13, Living Bible. If I can get that, Living Bible. And I spoke to Jeremiah in chapter 1 from verse 4, you know, and 5. And then Jeremiah had to agree. You know, initially he complained, he said he can't speak. But he had to agree eventually. He had to agree eventually that he has been ordained as a prophet. Romans chapter 6 verse 13, living Bible, if I can get it. You know, he had to agree. He had to agree, you know. John chapter 10 verse 34. John chapter 10 verse 34. Now let's look at Romans chapter 6 verse 13 first before we move. He said, do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourself completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have, you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Yes, that is to carry out the purposes of God for your life. But the living Bible will bring it more alive than the new translation you know, a version. So you must come into that awareness. If you have Living Bible, you can check Living Bible uh, by yourself. So that awareness must be there. That revelation must be done on your spirit. All right? Number two, acknowledgement of God and His grace on your life. Acknowledgement of God and His grace on your life. Now, you must know that in fulfilling your purpose, apart from you being aware, there is a knowledge called Ohio. Or Iodo, you know, that is you come to terms, a comprehension, a deeper comprehension of what God has, and you have accepted it, you have agreed with it. That's number one. So you agree with it, and you accept it. Number two is, you have to acknowledge God and His grace over your life. Philemon chapter 1 verse 6, it said that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. There are so many good things. In you, 
you have to come into the acknowledgement of those every good thing. He said that, you know, make your faith communication very effective. That makes your journey of faith very effective. That's acknowledging it. You know, praising God and worshiping God for those good things. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 to 21. He said, I am crucified with the Lord. Nevertheless, I live. The life I live now, I live by the faith of the Son of God that died and was resurrected or raised from the dead for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God. Verse 21. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 9. So you know that the grace of God is a very potent, you know, virtue or the blessing of God on everyone who has been called. For every gift that is given, there is a measure of grace that is apportioned. And for that measure of grace to be effective and for the, for us to be effectively discharging our duties with that gift, the grace that have been apportioned must be acknowledged. You see, it must be acknowledged. For I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Because of my wrong background or my wrong past, I'm not worthy to be called an apostle. I'm the least of them. You say, but by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace towards me was not in vain. But I labor more abundantly than they all, yet not high, but the grace of God, which was with me. The grace of God, which was with me. So you see, in, you know, Paul wasn't perfect. He had some things he struggled with. He had turned in his flesh and blah, blah. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. God had to speak to him that, Oga, my grace is sufficient for you. You know, and my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities, you know, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Glory to God. So you have to acknowledge, you know, the grace of God um, as being a very potent force in fulfilling your Purpose and you must engage the grace. You must engage the grace. I teach the word of God by the grace of God. I pray by the grace of God. I live and have my being in Christ by the grace of God. Number three, you must engage intimate fellowship with God. You cannot go to market on behalf of God and not have a conversation with God. You cannot talk to people where you have not talked to God about the people. You cannot talk to people about God where you have not talked to God about the people. Or when God has not called you or spoken to you about the people. So you must have that intimacy there. There is nobody you can run errand for or on, on his behalf without having a conversation with you. So the intimacy is simple. Koinonia, the joining, the intercourse, the conversation. That's why your quiet time early in the morning comes into it. You praise God, you worship, you pray in tongues, especially if you are carrying out an assignment. Don't pray in tongues less than an hour. Oga, chief, wake up. You have to pray in the Holy Ghost. You have to fast. It's for to strengthen the bond of your connection with God and then to enjoy, you know, God on a one-on-one personal level, you know. And then it starts now, you know, have a very miraculous, empowering ripple effect on the way you fulfill your destiny on the earth. You know, in John chapter 15, if you read from verse 1 to 7, he said, I am divine. My father is divine dresser. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, I cut, I cut away. The ones that produce fruit, I prune, you see. And then when you, when it gets to verse 4, he said, without me, you can do 
nothing. You already been claimed by the word of God, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And then he says, verse 4 only. And he said, as the branch cannot produce fruit, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. Verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Can you see that? You, you abide in him and he abides in you. That's the koinonia we're talking about. You have God in you and then you are in God. Bible says, if a man being in Christ, and then Bible says that Christ in you, the hope of glory. So that's the koinonia we are talking about. That's the mingleness with the Holy Ghost. Are you getting what I'm saying? The, the, the fellowship of the Holy Ghost, just like he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 14, that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the, the, the love of God and the grace and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost. So you must have that intimacy, you know, with God. First Corinthians 6, 17 says, He that is joined with God become one spirit with him. So you are one with God and you must always be living actively as one with God. Pray always, fast often. You must engage in spiritual exercises. You must also hear his voice. You must feast on his word. And God must communicate one or two things to you, especially concerning the things that is going on in your life. First John chapter 1 verse 1 to 5. I like this account so well. First John chapter 1 verse 1 to 5 said, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard. So that's a fellowship. It can only happen by fellowshipping. Which we have seen with our eyes. It can only happen by fellowship. Which we have looked upon. And our hands have handled concerning the word of life. Can you see that? And I don't forget this word became flesh and dwelt among them. So they handled. You know. And then they experienced the miraculous dimension. The signs and wonders dimension. The love dimension. You know. The spanking dimension. The rebooking dimension. The correction. You know. They experienced all those things. And I'll go to the next verse. And the Bible says, The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. Verse 3. And then he says that, Which that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also have, may have fellowship with us. You know, we declare this thing to you so that you can have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So, that helps you. That helps you. Now, these are the apostles. And that's how they could fulfill their purpose. Verse 4. Verse 4. He said, And these things will rise to you that your joy may be full. Verse 5. And then he says, This is the message which we have heard from him and declared to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So they mingle with him and then they discover there is no darkness in him. You see that. So how do you fellowship? You pray. You pray in the Holy Ghost. You ward up yourself. Rema, Acts 20, 32. I commend you unto God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you and give you inheritance among the sanctified. It's by intimacy that Mary mingle with the spirit and God impregnated by the Holy Ghost and deliver Jesus to us. Luke chapter 1, verse 30 to 37. And Mary said, let it be unto me according to the word of the Lord. Let it be unto me. Daniel was in intimacy. Abraham was in intimacy. He called him out of his father's house. You know, promised him, discussed with him, assured him in chapter Genesis chapter 12. In Genesis chapter 12, called him out. You know, went into Egypt and all that came. You know, Genesis chapter 14, sowed the seed. 
and then fought battles won, and so they so they see to Mexedek in you know, chapter 15. It was a bit trouble, and God assured him, I'm your shield and then your bo- I'm your shield and um, your provider. Mm-hmm. You know? And then you know, God said, I'm your shield and protector, I'm your protector and your provide provider. Alright? I'm your shield. Um he used a word there, I'm your shield and exceedingly great reward, yes. And then assured him again, and then told him he will have a son and he will have um descendants and all that. And then in chapter 17, he said, walk before me and be perfect. So there is a relationship that is deeper, you know, that God had with Abraham. I mean, in chapter 18, he was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. He said, shall I hide what I'm planning from my friend Abraham? That's, that's the kind of intimacy. God wants to do something on the earth, as particularly in your country, and he's telling you about it. That's the intimacy we are talking about. Not what you are asking him to even do. You see, he's just telling you, gisting you about things. And not telling you, you know, do a job, why job, why told. I mean, he'll be telling you reasons for things. So that is the intimacy there. There are people you have, we have lived with and then you are closer to, maybe you're closer to your mom than your dad, you're closer to your uncle than your aunties and all that. You will know that there are part of them that a lot of people don't know that only you will know. That is how intimacy with God is. There are part of God that many people don't know that you and some few others who are diving deeper in him that we know. Alright? That we know. Glory to God. And then you will be like, you know, a champion among many other people who are yet to really know God in that dimension. When you declare it to them, glory to God. Just like, you know, the, the writer of the book of John, John Ruth, that that which we, uh, we declare to you, that which we have experienced, that which we know. So that you can also partake of that fellowship. That's a proper purpose of declaring such things. Not to harass people, you know, or to show that you are, you know, spiritually greater or higher than anybody. Alright? So number four, one of the things that can help you to begin to fulfill your destiny and your purpose is number four, giving or sowing and receiving. Giving or sowing and receiving. I'm not going to dwell too much on this. You know that... The life of a purpose fulfiller, let me put it like that, if there's a word like that. Somebody who is fulfilling purpose is a life of giving. Alright? So you give your world, you give your uh, materials, you give, you know, your training, you give your skill, you give whatever, your services and products. And let me tell you this, you know, as much as you give, you'll be receiving from God. Bible says, he that watered must be watered. He that build must be built. That's why he commend people unto the word of his grace which is able to build. Alright? So Second Corinthians chapter 9, 6 to 12. You must give. You know, and it begins with in your local assembly, be committed, be responsible, be a tither, give offering, give uh, uh, partnership, give, you know, give. It, it chaplains you. It makes you to have much more than enough. It makes you to, you know, be better, to be on a better pedestal. It shows that you love God, alright? You show that you have intimate relationship with Him. It shows that you value the things of God, and then God will reveal to you things more and more, uh, you know, and give you things more and more, and connect you with more opportunities. So give materials, give money, give message, give words, give finance, give substance, alright? Proverbs 11, 24 to 25. Proverbs 11, 24 to 25. You know, Bible says, in, it said, there is one who scatters and increases more, and there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. So you don't withhold more than you are supposed to withhold. So withhold, 
you know, means to save. But if you're saving more than you're supposed to save and you are hiding it from people that, you know, needs to be helped, and then he says it tends to uh, poverty. Saving is good, but you don't hold things. He says it tends to poverty. Verse 25. He says that a general soul will be made rich and he who waters will also be watered himself. So you can write Philippians chapter 4, 16 to 19 down. Galatians chapter 6, 3 to 10. Philippians chapter 4, 16 to 19. Galatians chapter 6, 3 to 10. You know, it's quite important. Giving and receiving. Number five, work ethics. Work ethics. Working with wisdom and grace. Working with wisdom and grace. I just read 1 Corinthians 15, 9 to 10. You say, I labor more than the old apostles. I labor more productively more than them. So you must be diligent. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 11, he said, we have told you to face your business. Don't be busy bodies. He said, learn to be quiet. Aspire to lead a quiet life. To mind your own business and to work with your hands as we commanded you. Don't be busy bodies. Don't be involved in gossiping with others. Don't be involved with concern about arguing about what you cannot influence, what you cannot change. Don't bother yourself about things you cannot influence and control. Just focus on what God has called you to do. You get what I'm saying? Don't be somewhere seated with people talking anybody down and saying anything negative about anybody or poisoning anybody's heart against anybody. That's not what God has called you to do. Face your business. Romans chapter 12 verse 11 says, Not slothful in business, not lagging in diligence, fervent in the spirit, serving the Lord. Serving the Lord. These things help you to fulfill your purpose in Christ. You can write First Corinthians chapter 3, 9 to 20 down. He talks about when you build, you lay foundation, which is Jesus Christ. Yeah, I lay foundation, which is Jesus Christ. He was talking about himself, Apollos, and Apollos. Apollos is a builder. You know, he said, if I plant an Apollo waters, it's God that gives the increase. He said, we are just ministers through which God, you know, walk among you. And he says, well, if I've laid the foundation, which is Jesus Christ, all right, and everybody will build on it, talking about Apollos and others, you know, to build according to the foundation. I'm so sure that pastors and ministers in this ministry, they are building according to the foundation. If anybody is not building according to the foundation, it will show it will disfigure the entire building. Are you getting what I'm saying? Proving that you know uh, this, this. You have to build according to the foundation. That means you lay emphasis on that which has been stretched that I preach. You amplify the voice, you know, you echo that voice in your center. And that's what you are saying. You know, he sent Timothy to a place. He said, Timothy will go and teach you and will explain further my ways. My ways. You know, not his own ways. So you are not supposed to go about doing your things. Just like I'm doing God's things, you have to do the things that God has sent me, which you are representing me in that center, which you are representing me in that leadership, which you are representing me in that department, uh, to do is very important. Proverbs 10, 4. The slack hands becomes poor. The end of the diligent will reach, will be made rich. It will rule. The slack ends becomes poor. And then the hands of the diligent will be made to rule. Proverbs 12, 24. I need to run. Proverbs 12, 24. The hand of the diligent will rule, but the lazy man will be put to forced labor. So don't be lazy. Wake up. Don't be lazy. Walk, walk, walk. 
even if you don't have the clarity of vision and purpose yet, go about ambition and aspiration. God will interrupt that. James, John, Peter, Andrew, all of them were about their businesses when God called them. God never uses a lazy man. So wake up. Devil finds work from a, 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 a find work for an idle hand. People say that an idle man is devil's workshop. <laughs> I was asking in the seminar, I was asking people, I say, do you know what a workshop means? That's where devil plans his tricks, antics, and plots things against other people. An idle mind is a devil's workshop. So please don't be idle. Work with your hands. Face your business. And then God will see you through. Number six, right company and association. Right company and association. You see, Paul uh, needed a right company to fulfill his purpose. So at some point, he got Barnabas. At some point, he got John Mark. At some point, he got Silas. At some point, he got Timothy. He had Tychicus. Many people. There are people who wounded him. There are people who offended him. There are people who he had to forgive. He had to let go. He had to. There are some. Yeah, you know, all kinds of people. People will come. You need association. But we say right association. You see, Jesus needed 12 disciples to fulfill his purpose. And by them also working with Jesus, they were also fulfilling their purpose. He handed over to them eventually. The ones that had to betray him, betray him. You see, you can't do it all alone. Moses needed all. Needed Aaron. Needed Joshua. Joshua was fighting and he was winning and Moses held the rod and all, all and, jo, and, and Aaron held him, held his hand and gave him a seat so that he could sit down and hold his hand, you know, until the sunset, until the battle is completely won. So you need a right association. Acts chapter 16 verse 20 is talking about himself and Silas. Paul and Silas. Acts chapter 4, verse 23 to 24. Acts chapter 4, verse 23 to 24. And be let go, they went to their home companions and reported all that the chief priest and um, the chief, chief priest and elders had said to them. Verse 24. Then so when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you know, you are God who made heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. They prayed. So you see, you must belong to a right company that can pray together with you. Daniel had a right company, you remember? When they were supposed to be killed, he said they should give them a night. He went back to his colleagues in Daniel chapter 2, you know, and then they prayed. Overnight, God revealed the solution, the dream to Daniel and the solution, you see. So you need a right company. That's in Daniel chapter 2, verse 17 to 19. Daniel chapter 2, verse 17 to 19. Proverbs 13, 20. Proverbs 13, 20. Proverbs 13, 20. He who walks with the wise men will be wise, but the companions of fools will be destroyed. You see, one of the things that amazes me so much about this right association is, or right company, is when people go about busybody talking and talking people down, you know, gossiping and all that, they meet people that are like them, who are not busy for God, who are not focusing on the business of God. I mean, Jesus Christ was so busy to the point that there was a day they got, they were looking for Jesus, the multitude, early in the morning. Jesus had gone to pray. And then they got the apostles, and the apostles too were looking for Jesus, and then the apostles looked for Jesus, and they found Jesus. And when they came to Jesus, people have been waiting, people are, I said, look, I must go to other cities, oh, that I've been ministering to this one, I have to go to other cities. I mean, Jesus couldn't have time for frivolities. 
Couldn't have time to be discussing eh, this. What did this one say? What did Herod say? What did Herod told John the Baptist? What did John the Baptist say? He said that John the Baptist said. I mean, he doesn't have time. As men of God don't have time to discuss other men of God, especially talking heel of them. You see what I'm saying? You are not busy enough. If you're in your business, don't have time. Don't have time. Eh? You see some people arguing on the part, on the, on the, on how Nigerians should be, um, should be, you know, sectionalized. Should it be sectionalized at all? You know, and you see some people hugging over Arsenal and uh, uh, Man U and uh, uh, Chelsea and uh, uh, you understand? I mean, it could be fun. I, I don't have anything against the sporting activities and uh, you know, and having fun. But don't let it distract you from the main thing. Are you getting what I'm saying? Also, have a very good company that you know, a purpose-binded company. You know, the company that you know that you know we are fulfilling purpose and that we are friends. You know, in fulfilling God's purposes uh, for our life. Number seven, strategic planning. Strategic planning. So, you know, Bible says who will build a tower, who will not first and foremost sit down and count the cost. So, in order to fulfill your destiny, your purpose, look at what God has called you to do and then plan towards it. Plan strategically towards it. Plan strategically towards it. All right? Number eight. You must be focused, faith focused. Hebrew 12, 1 to 3. I've quoted it before. You know, now that you have the great crowd of witness compassed to all around us, let us run the race that is set ahead of us or before us, laying aside every weight and sin that easily beset us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. You see, you must have that faith focus. Isaiah 26, verse 3. He said that we keep him in perfect peace, whose mind stayed on him, whose mind stayed on him. Matthew 6, 25 to 33, if you read it in NLT, New Translation, New Living Translation, Matthew 26 from verse 25 to 23, it talks about you should not be, you know, distracted. You know, don't bother yourself about what you eat, what you drink, what you wear, where you live. He said, let your focus be on God. Look, he said, seek the expansion of the kingdom of God and then every other thing will be added to it. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink, enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Verse 26. Quickly. And he says, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in bands for your heavenly father feed them. And hiring for you far more valuable to him than they have. And they say, can all, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry your, why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. You see? And they say, and if God cares so wonderfully for white flowers, that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about this thing, saying what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear. These things dominate the thought of unbelievers, but your Heavenly Father know, already knows all your needs. Verse 33, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And it will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow. 
for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is not for today. All right, um, Romans 12, if you read from verse 1 to 3, faith focus, your mind is renewed, you present your body as a living sacrifice, and sacrifice and avoid all kinds of distractions. Number nine, serving God, saving souls, which is kingdom service. Just put kingdom service. One of the things that will help you to fulfill your purpose is kingdom service. That's serving God and saving souls. All right? Um, you know, write Proverbs 11.30 down. He said, he that winneth souls will be wise. Um, Daniel 12.3. He that winneth souls, or people lead people to righteousness shall shine. Daniel, uh, man, uh, Daniel 12.3. Proverbs 11.30. Hebrew 10.28 to the end. Matthew 28.18 to 20. When it says, go into all the world, you know, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. And then make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And behold, I'm with you till the end of the earth. Obedience and heart of faith. That's the last one. Number 10. Obedience and heart of faith. Doing what God tells you to do is very important. Doing what God tells you to do. Isaiah 119, it says that if you are obedient and you are willing, you shall eat the fruit of the good of the land, the good of the land. And it talks about the other way around too, verse 20. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. You know, being led by the Spirit of God makes you the sons of God. And then, you know, and then verse 16. Verse 16 says, The Spirit himself bear witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Uh, verse 17, 18, 19. He said, And if children, then he is, and he is according to, and joint years, years of God, joint years with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Verse 18. And for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us, uh, for the earnest expectation of, uh, the creation eagerly with for the revealing of the sons of God. Now, let me go over this again, number, number one to, number one to ten, are things you have to do in order to fulfill. You have to come to terms with it. Number one, awareness. Number two, acknowledgement of God and His grace over your life. Number three, intimate fellowshipping. Number four, giving and receiving. Number five, work ethics, diligence. Number six, right company or right association. Number seven, strategic planning. Number eight, um, faith focus. Number four, number nine, kingdom service. Number last, which is number ten, act of faith. That is obedience. You take a step in the direction that God is showing you. It's quite important. So I want to encourage you that just be passionate about your calling. Be passionate. If you have found it, uh, pursue it. And God will show you different layers of that calling. God will open different shutters of that calling. There is a time it could just be in the local government. And then before you know it, it's in a state or a region. And then before you know it, it becomes a national. You know, then before you know it, it becomes a global, you know, uh, impact. So I, I, I just trust God because I know that, uh, you will have been blessed. I mean, within this, uh, 40, 41 minutes, you know, started speaking to you. I don't want to take your time. Uh, but I believe that if you pray a lot, you know, much more wisdom will come to you on how to actually, you know, there are more than 10, but if you can put this to work, you know, and then God helps you. 
you pray, you align your heart with him, you're asking him daily, you know, what more does he want from you? You know, you are pursuing the call of God for your life. You are praying about every issue in your life as they come up and you are asking for light to dawn on your heart and then God is leading you and you are following him and everything will just, you know, fall in place for you. Glory to Jesus. You know, I hope you have been blessed. You can send your questions if you have questions. You know, purpose is quite important. It's a priority. You must give yourself completely to that which God has called you to do. Let's begin to pray. Let's thank him. Just thank him for the words. Thank him. We know you have been blessed by the insightful teaching of God's word and impartation of God's spirit by Pastor Tokwe Awopisayo, brought to you by Communion Christian Center. For more information on how to be a partner and others, contact 080-3585-8047 or send a mail to admin at communioncc.org. You can also download more messages for free at www.communioncc.org. Remain blessed as you fulfill your destiny in Jesus' name. Amen.